0: in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen and if you're prone to do so you can start timing now the reading uh, the reading from genesis last week last week concluded with jacob saying to his brother esau swear to me first swear to me and so esau did indeed swear to his brother trading The birthright, his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup. Esau despised his birthright. The birthright has to do with position in the family, has to do with inheritance within the family, and Esau gave it away for a bowl of soup. And one can only hope that it was good soup. And if that wasn't enough already, with the help of Rebecca, his mother, Jacob, dupes old Isaac, his old father, who's almost blind and deaf, into giving him the blessing, the all-important blessing, which usually goes to the firstborn, and in this case, it should have gone to Esau. And the blessing, once it's been given cannot be taken away. The blessing bestows richness and blessing from God. Uh, The recipient of the blessing, in this case, Jacob, will rule over not just people and nations, but over his own brother as well. Jacob was one of those people who knew exactly what he wanted, and he went out and got it. Now, the Genesis reading for today begins simply with these words. Maybe you remember, Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. In light of what you've just heard about stealing the birthright and duping his father, in light of what you've just heard, wouldn't you agree with me that That, to me, is one of the most understated lines in all of Scripture. He simply left Beersheba and went toward Haran. Barbara Brown Taylor, in a sermon some 25 years ago, solves that understatement for me when she describes Jacob's departure this way. It's time for Jacob to get out of town Before his brother can kill him, he sets out for his uncle Laban's house, he goes alone, he goes on foot, he goes with nothing, nothing more than he can carry, no donkey, no tent, no torch, and he walks north on a high, high ridge. That's how Barbara Brown Taylor described his departure, and I think that's much more applicable. So we see Jacob walking along this high ridge, and, and dust begins to give way to dark, and all, all he can see ahead of him, just, just very vaguely, is a, a flat place. As it says, a certain place. He takes a stone for a pillow, he lies down and falls into an exhausted sleep. And soon he comes to that, that place somewhere between a very deep, a very still sleep, but then restless all the while. And that's where this incredible dream comes to Jacob, the ladder with its bottom step on earth leading up and out of sight and the whole company of heaven passing to and fro upon it. Now, let's not forget when Jacob awakes... When he awakes from that dream, he's still the same double-crosser. He's still the same deceiver. But guess what? He's God's chosen one. And he hears God saying to him, I am with you, and I will give you, I will not leave you. Jacob awakes in this awesome place saying, this is none other than the house of God and this is none other than the gate to heaven. He didn't deserve this dream that he received, but he certainly needed it. And what's more, he believed it. What looked to him like an ordinary pile of rocks turned out to be the very gate of heaven. And he set his stone pillow up as a way to mark the spot. And he poured oil on that rock as a way to mark it, to seal it, if you will. And he calls the place Bethel. The house of God. Where is your Bethel? Have you found it? Has it found you? Have you tried to ignore it or run from it? You know, we we are all dreamers at heart, but dreamers have indeed fallen into hard times. For Jacob and his kin, a dream was a, a doorway into another reality, a spiritual dimension in which God spoke to men and women at the very deepest levels of their being. We, however, are a people whose sense of reality is is much more limited. We have been taught not to dream, and we have lived long enough to watch many of our own dreams die hard. And so it is that only saints and children believe that dreams still come true. The rest of us are adults. And we know the difference between fact and fantasy. All that notwithstanding, don't be surprised if the ragged curtains of your sleep are drawn aside some dark night and you begin to see something where just before there was nothing, just a moment before, Nothing there. And then you strain to hear the voice that is calling you and it says, I am with you, I will give you. I will not leave you. And that's the dream that changes the future by remembering the past, giving shape to life, giving meaning and purpose and hope and just like Jacob, we may not deserve the dream anymore, than he did, but, but we need it, and we need to believe it also. We need to believe that it's true. You see, Bethel is not just somewhere, but it's everywhere in this wide world that the good Lord has consented to call home. Recently, by my one of my wonderful nieces, Susie Clark, I have been introduced to the meditations of the right reverend Stephen Charleston, He's the retired Bishop of Alaska. Presently, he's serving as the interim of St. Paul's Cathedral in Oklahoma City. This is from Bishop Charlton. Let us pray. We each have a miracle within us, perhaps more than one. We may not part the waters, but we can do something so inspiring, so loving that it sets in motion acts of generous kindness that roll through time like music dancing in the air. You will know when that moment comes to touch life with purpose. You are a steward of God's power, a source of love so deep it can bend the hand of hope to touch the least of these. Amen.